Hello, Space Junkies, and welcome to What a Piece of Junk, the Star Wars podcast here on the Fandom Podcast Network, episode number 110. I am your host, Scott Butman, and with me, as always, is my original Wookiee co-pilot, the man of a thousand nicknames, our very own Dave Philcloney, Mr. Miracle, the gooey, chewy, Nathan Miracle. Nathan, how's it going? It is going great, and we're here to talk about the Zillow Beast today. I'm so excited. I just can't contain it. So, uh, yes. yeah. It, it, it was a highly energetic discussion. <laughs> it was, yes. Thank you. Thank you. It I just am also kept excited. growing and growing. Yes. This discussion is getting out of hand. We cannot contain its awesomeness. Uh, I am also excited to talk about the Zillow Beast because I've been joking around for, well, probably a few years now about the return of the Zillow Beast. Um, and in fact, I even made that joke when we watched the preview trailer for this season of The Bad Batch and we saw the big robot thing. And I was all like, it's the Zillow Beast. And you were like, Maybe no. It's the it's not the Zillow Beast, but then the Zillow Beast did show up this season, so vindicated, and it feels so good. Uh, but yes, in case you guys haven't put it together, this episode of the podcast, we're talking about Star Wars, The Bad Batch, The Metamorphosis episode. So, uh, Nathan, we'll jump right into it. Uh, I guess, first of all, I want to ask you, did you expect to see the Zillow Beast ever return? Yes. Uh, I figured with Dave Filoni at the <laughs> helm, at some point the Zillow Beast would come back. We were left with a bit of a cliffhanger in the Clone Wars. Um, so there was an indication that there would be some future storyline. And then it just never came in the Clone Wars. So knowing that he had more opportunities to bring the Zillow Beast back, uh, myself and a lot of uh, Clone Wars aficionados expected that it would come back sometime, but we never knew when. So we always knew it was going to be a surprise whenever it did show up. Was this a case of Chekhov's beast because there was a huge cliffhanger and oh, absolutely. participle and then nothing? Absolutely. Uh, as a matter of fact, it ended up folding in nicely. But you know what? I'm going to save some of that for connections with the rest of the Star Wars galaxy because, man, this episode had some big implications. It did. It did. So let's jump right into the five questions. Uh, Derek will unfortunately not be joining us in the cockpit of the Drunken Gungan this episode of the podcast, but uh, he will be back soon. So what did you like most about this episode? Uh, the big obvious, the return of the Zillow Beast. Yeah, it was pretty great. <laughs> can you really say anything other than that? Uh, well, I can and I will. Uh, I also really enjoyed the uh, Kaminoans and you know, getting mm -hmm. a greater understanding of what's going on with them. And seeing that they're not just one big group. They have different opinions. They're going about things different ways. Uh, you know, Nalase is not happy to go along with the cloning procedures. And, you know, their prime minister, and hey, whatever works for me, works for me. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, it was good very to see. Yeah. yeah, good good to see that you know, <laughs> they're not just all the same carbon copies of each other. Not exactly clones of each other, you might say. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh, for me, my favorite part about this episode was um, when, uh, um, not Nalase, but uh, the other guy, the guy who's the leader of the Kaminoans. Uh, the, the Prime Minister. Prime Minister. Who's, whose what name I will name? misspronounce. Uh, okay. Well, anyway, Prime Minister so-and-so shows up 
and basically tells the Imperial uh, scientist there, if you want to manipulate Nalase, you've got to find one particular clone. And of course, we know he all we all know that he means Omega. And I was happy to see that because it takes this storyline and really brings it back around to the protagonists of the Bad Batch, which are the Bad Batch and Omega, because she's part of the Bad Batch team now. Sometimes here in season two, it has felt a little bit like the Bad Batch show is about everybody but the Bad Batch. So yeah, I was glad to see Omega becoming a central part of the storyline again here because that was kind of our little dun 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 moment at the end of this episode. Um, so that was my favorite part. It's like, let's remember who show this is and get back to telling their story. Although I did love this episode and uh, the whole implications about the cloning program in general from the Empire and the stuff happening at Mount Tantus. Yeah, so I did double check it. It is Lama Su. Uh, Lama Su. I always want to mispronounce it and say uh, Lima Su. That's not right. Lama. It is not. Uh, it, it's uh, like having Lama the Su. two L's, but but only one L. Lama. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, question number two. What did you dislike the most about this episode? Well, you know, you kind of hit on it about how uh, this season kind of sometimes <laughs> feels like it's about everybody but the Bad Batch. This whole Zillow Beast thing could have happened without the Bad Batch actually being there uh, they yeah. did not retrieve the zillow beast um they didn't enhance their standing with sid at all you know, oh they get to keep 50 percent of whatever they get so i guess they now have a 50 percent stake in a burnt out electropole yes yeah. i think that's all they got yeah they got a whole bunch of nothing yeah and and they've done that a lot in this season and Honestly, last season they did a decent bit of it. It almost makes me think, how are they profitable? You know, Sid has said that yeah. they've been very profitable in the past, but apparently we only see when they don't ever get anything. Right, right. You got to wonder at some point if they're going to start running low on rations and stuff again because, yeah. like, yeah, what is what is Sid gaining from their arrangement? Maybe she's more charitable than we give her credit for. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, because I'm sitting there going, okay, let's see, uh, 50% of nothing, carry the nothing, that leaves you nothing. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. You get nothing. I said good day, sir. <laughs> yeah, so just once I would like them to you know get away with a good score. You know, not something where they're like, oh, well, we can retire now, but at least something where it's like, okay, yeah. I understand why they're doing what they're doing and how and they're making the living. It doesn't have to be the treasure of Count Dooku, but it's got to be something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So for me, the part that I disliked the most was the interaction between the Imperial forces, the, the, the commando clones, and that hapless group of villagers that just so happened to be in the area attacked by the Zillow Beast. Um, I get that they had to like round them all up and do bad things because no witnesses, but I would have liked more of a speech about no loose ends. We got to make sure that these people are all, you know, tied up or, 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 you know, eliminated because they saw the Zillow Beast clone and they know that we, the Empire, were involved, blah, blah, blah. I would have liked a little bit more exposition about why are the clone commandos even caring about the people in the city that the Zillow Beast attacked? Um, I mean, I put it together pretty easily as a longtime Star Wars fan, but a little more on-the-nose exposition there about, look how evil we are, would have been, you know, well Appreciated, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, I think I'm kind of in the same spot there. Because I'm such a longtime Star Wars fan, I didn't have to put it together. 
But if if I were not such a fan, then yeah, I could see how that could be confusing. Right, right. Um, okay, um, number three. What connections did you draw between this and the rest of the Star Wars galaxy? Okay, huge implications in this one. Uh, so we knew from uh, the season two Zillow Beast uh, two-part episodes that uh, Palpatine did plan to clone the Zillow Beast. Uh, the last thing that he says in that two-part arc is, here's your new orders. And the person that he hands the information to looks at and goes, you want me to clone the beast? He's like, yep, that is exactly what I want. You're going to clone it. And you know, he has kind of presented this as, oh, well, we're going to use things like the armor to make you know, better stormtrooper. Well, obviously wouldn't have said stormtrooper at the time. Better oh. trooper. Um, <laughs> armor um now what he probably didn't tell everybody is that the zillow beast hide is resistant to lightsabers too so you know makes it a whole lot easier to take down those uh jedi when you know they can't just hack through your armor palpatine's uh, always got those backup plans so i mm -hmm. actually think that you know army of zillow beast troopers of some way is the way he was going to deal with the jedi if he couldn't get the you know, public opinion to turn against him. Yeah, I, I think that is true. But, you know, also this proves that he was in the whole cloning business the whole time. And we did find out more in this episode about how you know, the Empire didn't destroy Camino because they wanted to eliminate cloning. They destroyed Camino because they wanted to consolidate cloning under the Empire. And why might the Emperor want to do that? Well, we're all the way back to the sequel trilogy. Mm -hmm. This is how we get Snoke. Do you want Snoke? Because this is how we get. This Snoke. is how we get Snokes. Do you want Snokes? Plural, because you know the big vats of various Snokes. It's true. Yeah, we we get lots of Snokes this way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So and, uh, and for me, yeah. Go ahead. Now, now let's say even says, I know what the Emperor's plan is, and I'm not on board with this. I think when she says that she knows what the Emperor's plan is, that means that she knows that the Emperor is trying to clone himself to have a vessel to go into uh, when he gets killed later. Yeah, because everything is proceeding as he has foreseen. Uh, so even though it on the Death Star 2, it didn't go exactly the way he had hoped and the majority of the way he had foreseen, I believe firmly that he did know the Anakin grows a pair and throws me down the shaft is a possibility. Mm -hmm. And so there you have it. Um, and so he planned for that with this backup plan. Uh, so for me, the big connection, of course, is you know Palpatine's cloning project, uh, and then also um, the, uh, the 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 just Mount Tantus itself. Uh, Mount Tantus has a long and storied history of being part of the Star Wars expanded universe, and it's so great to see it be canon again. That this was a place where they were doing dastardly dark side Sith sorcery, evil science experiments. You know, um, I. I I can never think of his name in Star Wars, but Mary, um, <laughs> the guy who played Mary in Lord of the Rings. Oh he, yes, uh, Mary Doc Brandebuck. Uh, yes, Mary Doc Brandebuck. He gets uh, he gets so maligned for his his uh, utterance in The Rise of Skywalker when he says, you know, uh, what happened, and then uh, uh, Poe Dameron is all like Sith sorcery. Somehow Palpatine came no, back. Uh, yeah. So the the order that that goes in is uh, Poe says. Uh, somehow Palpatine returned. And then Dominic, Dominic Monaghan uh, yes. re responds, uh, 
cloning, dark magic, you know, secrets Sith only mystery. the Sith knew. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which I never took to be all that good of an explanation because it came from a resistant soldier. If Palpatine had said something along those lines, then I'm, it would have been, well, yeah, he knows because he's the one who did it. But yeah. from Dominic's character, I'm like, this, this is just speculation. But it turned out to be pretty correct speculation. Yeah, well, I'm not even sure that it's speculation. Uh, I want to say that there's been a comic and or novel where that guy, Lieutenant whatever, I got to look his name up now, it's going to drive me crazy. I'm going to be <laughs> looking that up while you uh, answer the next question. Um he was somehow involved in intelligence gathering for the New Republic, and so he knows that these things are possible, and they found some evidence about them. Um, I could be wrong about that. I'll have to check on yeah, that. Yeah. Well, the, I, I, I know there was a comic. Of, yeah, I, I know there was yeah. a comic later that verified that he knew about Sith stuff, like he studied Sith artifacts. So that kind of backfilled an explanation for how he might know but it's but, the classic example of in that movie while we were watching it, we didn't have that information. But The Rise right. of Skywalker, and honestly, if we'll be so bold, franchise films from Disney in the current millennium are notorious for that. Because Palpatine's first return in the sequel trilogy did not happen in a movie or a comic book. It happened in a video game. It happened in yeah. Fortnite. That's and, true. You know, if you don't play Fortnite, you're not going to know that happened. Um, so, yeah, uh, I think we need to let go with the idea that Marvel movies and Star Wars movies from now on, and probably DC movies as well, are going to always tell us everything in the film. They are going to always assume that you are consuming this content 24 7 in all media channels. Uh, Which is why because, Mr. Miracle can show up in the next Batman and with no explanation whatsoever. Boom. I'm down for it. Because, hey, James Gunn, Mr. Miracle, add him into everything. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm here for it. I, I am all about lots and lots of Mr. Miracle. Okay, I'm going to look up who the heck that, uh, Dominic's character's name is. Um, and uh, you can answer question number four. All right. Uh, question number four. Does the Empire have more Zillow beasts? After all, we're cloning them. Why just clone one? So my answer to that question is, yeah, probably. And not only that, I think they had more than one Zillow beast going to Mount Tantus at that time. Uh, I, because they did say several ships came in. One of them had an accident. Uh, the Raptors, I mean, the Zillow Beast got loose and you know, Alien played out and it ate all the clone commanders or commandos. Uh, but I think the other ships also had Zillow Beasts on them, at least some of them, not all of them necessarily. Uh, so I'm hoping that you found Beaumont Kin's name. Yes, that's it. Lieutenant Beaumont. We're going to go with it. I'm pretty sure he's a lieutenant. Uh, I'll look up later about whether or not uh, he was a intelligence type. Because I also was doing some Googling while you were talking on the last one. Yes. All right. Good, good, good. Um, so uh, to answer your question for myself, uh, I'm pretty sure they do have more Zillow Beasts. If there's one thing that we have learned about the whole Palpatine's cloning project is that he's always got backups. He's got backups of his backups. Yeah, However, that's true. I'm not even sure if they're 
better though, because you know what happens when you make a copy of a copy? Well, hopefully Actually, these are all copies from the original Zillow Beast. Yeah, and 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 that's uh, not even a real uh, interpretation that should be taken literally in this case, because uh, I believe in this episode of the Bad Batch, Tech even talks about how not only is it a clone of the Zillow Beast, but it was like modified to be you know, like to mess with the armor plating and to make it tougher and grow faster mm -hmm. and all that stuff, you know? Yeah, they, they actually enhanced the armor super, plating. Yeah, super Zillow beast. Yeah. Uh, so yes, I agree wholeheartedly. The Empire does have more Zillow beasts. Um, so we could have like a whole cadre of Zillow beasts at some point in the future. And Palpatine can use that as yet another super weapon. In this case, yes. a biological super weapon. And one that, as long as he you know, rounds up and destroys all the civilians, is not traceable back to the Empire. Oh no, natural disaster. A Zillow beast got out on, on Corellia. Mm. I guess the shipyards that were supplying the rebels uh, to, um, just happened to be destroyed. Yeah. Good thing I the Empire was here to stop it. <laughs> I love how the implication about Sith sorcery is laid out about this stuff. Um, and then there's like a dark side mirror of that, because of course there is. This is Star Wars. In Star Wars Rebels, when uh, this guy is fighting Kanan and friends, and the Bindu shows up, and Thrawn says, what Jedi devilry is this? Which is essentially the dark side way of complaining about Sith sorcery for the light side. Uh, it's just great because, you know, Thrawn is much more a military science logical guy, so he's not really expecting any kind of crazy force magic. So to him, it's just as weird and witchcraft related as uh, Sith sorcery is for Beaumont and friends. Well, and, you know, Star Wars has had a long tradition of that because even back in the original movie, Admiral Mahdi tells Darth Vader, don't try to frighten us with your sorcerous ways. That's right. Yep. He refers to it as sorcery as well. Because any technology sufficiently advanced is indistinguishable from magic. And yep. I still think that there is a hint of technology at the genesis of the way that people interact with the Force in the Star Wars galaxy. And Star Wars The Old Republic and even older tales kind of sort of help support that. Uh, and in fact, the Jedi were still hanging on to what I think were some old school scientific bases for the Force with their study and discovery of midichlorians in the prequels. Mm. But they had put too much reliance upon the midichlorians. They figured that they could make the Force be nothing but science instead of just based yeah. in science. Yeah, which is not good. Right, right. Okay, uh, question uh, number five. Does this mean that Palpatine's cloning program was always about more than simply having an army and some backup bodies for himself? Uh, was he always planning to use the cloning idea to create some super weapons a la these Zillow beasts? What do you think? Well, uh, definitely he was planning to use the Zillow beasts. Um, we know that uh, you know, as far back as season two. So in real life, this is somewhere in uh, 2009, 2010. Uh, wow. He was planning to use the Zillow beasts. Um, so we've got 13, 14 years of, of continuity there of circling back around to, yeah, he's got more plans. Uh, but I think this might tell us that he's got even more plans than just that. I'm wondering, and this is, 
pure speculation here, if we might get a bit of the Thrawn trilogy play out in Bad Batch, what if he's cloned Anakin? And instead of Luke fighting Luke at Mount Tantus, we end up with, uh, with Anakin coming out. And of course the bad batch thinks that this is Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. This is real great, you know, great Jedi general. And then Vader comes in and is like, Oh, Oh heck no. (laughs) We got (laughs) to stop that. That would be cool. Although I would also like to think, um, Maybe we can have, if that happens in the Bad Batch, um, we could have it happen further enough down the road that Luke fights Anakin clone. But Luke mm. doesn't know that it is an Anakin clone. He just knows that it is a dark side force wielder clone. And the Bad Batch help him. But before they can tell him, oh, that was a clone of Anakin Skywalker, he, you know, he, he bails out. Because like you said, it'd be instead of Luke fighting Luke, it's Luke fighting Anakin. 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 Yes, that's it. Anakin. You know, that is something that could show up in the live action shows that are set later on. This could be a Mandalorian moment where we see once again return of green lightsaber Master Luke, or it could be a, a scene in Ahsoka. Oh, and then you have Ahsoka have to fight the clone of Anakin because we oh. we have Hayden Christensen around now, so we could do Hayden Christensen stuff in live action. Okay, I'm I'm sending this on in the Filoni Network. <clears throat> yeah, that would be awesome. Um, so uh, yeah, clearly Palpatine always had multiple plans within plans for the whole cloning thing um that makes me want to go back and play some more star wars the old republic and see how much cloning is mentioned in that era because we know that palpatine's status as sith emperor uh continues to every every time we see him nowadays it seems to harken back to the idea that emperor valkorian and all those guys were are the same dude just continuing Mm -hmm. to move into new bodies new bodies new bodies Um, yeah and and i think um, I think that's exactly what has happened. I think in Return of the Jedi, I, I think this is a, tr- a triggered thing to where the Sith Master, you know, gives his life force to whatever vessel, and usually it's the Sith Apprentice. But that Sidious didn't want Vader's body because it's all mechanical; it's more machine than man. Yeah. So that that's part of the reason that he you know, he was like, yeah, you know what? No. Uh, first off, he turned to the light side. No good. Second off, <laughs> mostly machine. Third off, I do think that uh, Sidious was actually supporting Vader's life, like actively. And if yeah. Sidious died, that Vader was going to die. Uh, because I, I don't think Vader actually died from the electricity. I think he died from You don't from think so? Sidious. I thought, I figured that the cyborg nature of him meant that the force lightning hurt him even more than it would have it, hurt a regular person. It probably did, and probably did a ton of damage to him. But I think what actually killed him was Sidious, you know, taking back his support and you know, no longer maybe so giving him life force. But then, of course, he needs somewhere to go, so he goes to his clone because by this time, the projects that we're learning about in Bad Batch have been mm-hmm. completed. Um. And then he's yeah. trying to do the same thing in the rise of Skywalker, but fails because he accidentally kills himself and he can't go 
back into his own body. The fact that Ray didn't kill him is what prevents him from going into Ray. Right. Yes. Her embrace of the whole Jedi use the force for defense, not offense, is right. what saves the galaxy. So beautiful. Anyway, <clears throat> I am. Uh, I'm always. I'm, I'm. I. I know that the Rise of Skywalker has issues, but the finale of the Skywalker saga is not one of those issues. I yeah, my, my big issues that. with the Rise of Skywalker have to do with pacing and um, characters happening to be in the right place for certain yeah. things to happen. Not way really too, the the overarching story. Yeah, way too much happenstance, which mm-hmm. had to occur in order for J.J. Abrams to do that stunt of re, of reusing the cut Carrie Fisher footage from the Force Yeah, Awakens, yeah, that that was. Which I'm sorry, I know that it was supposed to be respectful, and I understand the motivation, but it was a stunt. It was, yeah, it, yeah. It, and it and it didn't turn out very well. No. Um. Anyway, okay. Uh. Well, that about wraps up the discussion of the Bad Batch episode Metamorphosis. So we're going to take a quick break so you guys can find out more about other shows here on the Fandom Podcast Network, and then we'll come back and talk a little bit of Star Wars news. <laughs> Thank you for listening. We hope you're enjoying this podcast. Here are the other great shows on the Fandom Podcast Network. Culture Clash, where we discuss the latest in entertainment and pop culture. Blood of Kings, our show covering the entire Highlander universe. Couch Potato Theater, we celebrate our favorite movies. And Time Warp, our fandom flashback show discussing a year in movies and our favorite retro movie, TV, and pop culture topics. Good evening, discussing all things Alfred Hitchcock. Hair Metal Podcast. We cover the rock metal music of the 80s and early 90s. Type 40, a Doctor Who podcast discussing the time-traveling Doctor Who universe. Lethal Mullet, an action film podcast covering the 80s, 90s, and beyond. Also, check out the Lethal Mullet Network for more great podcasts. What a Piece of Junk, our Star Wars podcast. Making Treks, a Star Trek podcast with a deep dive into the final frontier. The Fandom Show. Our Fandom Podcast Network live YouTube show discussing the hottest topics in fandom. The True Believers MCU Podcast discussing the Marvel Cinematic and Television Universe. Union Federation, our Star Trek and the Orville show. And we're proud to welcome the BQN Network to the Fandom Podcast Network. Please visit our friends on the BQN Network, a Star Trek Universe podcast that also includes your favorite topics, movies, history, superheroes, and more. You can find the Fandom Podcast Network on YouTube. The Fandom Podcast Network is also on all major podcast platforms. The Fandom Podcast Network audio master feed is on Podbean at fpnet.podbean.com. You can find the Fandom Podcast Network on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can email us at fandompodcastnetwork at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, and remember, respect others and enjoy your fandom. All right. Thank you so much, Kevin, for that update about the FPN. Well, Nathan, uh, we had a little bit of Star Wars news this week with uh, your guy, Dave Filoni, mm-hmm. talking to uh, a outlet over at The Hollywood Reporter where he discusses where was Grogu during the events of the sequel trilogy. Uh, in fact, the headline reads, the Mandalorian characters don't necessarily have to cross over with the sequel trilogy. Subhead Star Wars producer Dave Filoni points out there's, quote, expansive room in the galaxy far, far away, even for concurrent characters like Baby Yoda and Rey. Well, Nathan, as part of the Filoni Network, 
What do you think? Is Dave off his rocker? Are you guys all voting to excommunicate him because of this? Or does this make a lot of sense? Uh, well, we are trying to get rid of him because I'm next in line uh, as the next Filoni. So if we I get rid of him, I no, no, in all seriousness, uh, he's absolutely correct. Uh, it's a big galaxy out there. We don't necessarily need all the characters to know each other. Uh, and that's that's something that I think we really need to remind ourselves when we're watching Star Wars. Uh, it's like when Rogue One came out and everybody said, oh, well, we know they're all going to die because we didn't see them in the rest of the Star Wars trilogy, the original trilogy. It's like, well, they did end up all dying, but they didn't have to. They could <laughs> right. have just been and, off screen. You know? And if I may be so bold, and knowing what we know about the reshoots and the rewrites for Rogue One, I think there may have been a version of the story where at least one or two of them did survive. I think that's very likely. And it would have been fine. Uh, the explanation would have just been, oh, they're, they're not there. Or, oh, you see that A-wing flying by? That's so-and-so. You know, yeah. we, we, they don't I mean, have we, to we, be front and center. We even did that in Rogue One. We did. From Star Wars Rebels. Hey, we there did. goes the ghost. Well, that's where they were. That, that's where they were. Yep. Get the Death Star plans. Yeah, if we really want to get way down into unusual things, uh, the Phineas and Ferb crossover special <laughs> technically doesn't violate any canon because everything that happens is just off screen. We do see scenes where we see over there the stuff that happened in Star Wars <laughs> is happening. But you know, nobody ever asks, hey, why don't we see Phineas and Ferb for the rest of the Star Wars trilogy? <laughs> no, they don't. And more's the pity, I say. More's the pity. Uh, anyway, yes, I agree with you and the rest of the Filoni net. Um, it's quite possible that the Mandalorian will never actually cross over with Rey or Finn or Poe Dameron or any of that stuff. But I would submit that in some ways we already have had the sequel trilogy crossing over into the Mandalorian. There's the vaguely Snoke-like silhouette of mm -hmm. the clones from uh, uh, season two. And of course, this most recent episode, the Mandalorian season three, episode one, we saw Babu Frick's people, the Ancelans, mm. uh, they're totally there being droid smiths on Navarro. And while I don't think any of them were Babu himself, it's obviously showing us that his people are around and doing stuff. And one of the things that they're doing is going, no, Squizzy! Oh, that was the best part of that episode. So I mean, it was great. a good episode. There's a lot of great things, but yeah, that, yeah. that was... Such a great, mm. such a great part. Yeah. I loved how um, it almost felt like John Favreau had received notes from Disney corporate. Please make sure to include more Grogu being cute. And then sometime earlier, Dave Filoni got a note. We need more Babu Frick. He's so cute. And the two of them were just like, you know what? Screw it. Let's just go Let's put them together. We'll put, them put them together in the scene and then make them hug each other. Corporate will be so happy with us. They'll be over the moon. I, I have heard, although I've not been able to verify this, I've heard that they made a separate puppet uh, to accomplish that scene. That is uh, Grogu <laughs> holding on to the Anzellan. Um, they they, two, they two. couldn't do it with two puppets. Right, we'll just make a puppet that exists as that, one that is super yeah. Star Wars cuteness. We'll, if Which, we perch a Porg on their shoulder and have them in a backpack with carried by an Ewok, boom. That oh, is the cuteness oh, the, super weapon. The, the world cannot handle it. 
Uh, but you know, you're absolutely right. Uh, there needs to be some connective tissue because this is the same galaxy, the same world, so to speak. Um, but that doesn't mean that the characters themselves need to know each other. It should be yeah. a big galaxy. It should feel like a big galaxy. And honestly, one of my biggest complaints about some of the more recent Star Wars is that sometimes it doesn't feel big. You know, all right. of our main characters end up meeting up with each other. It's like, well, but why aren't they? Like, why? <laughs> like, why yeah. does this character need I to meet to that, that character? The one thing in uh, The Rise of Skywalker that really made me feel that way. I love Lando Calrissian. He's such a cool character. But having him come back and interact with Finn and Jaina and all them, it definitely made it feel like, oh, yeah, Cloud City is right down the street from the Resistance base. You know, NBE, yeah. you guys. And, and that was one of the, the times where I'm like, okay, like, why, why is he here? Because it's not like he's heard that they're out there looking for him. He just right. happens to be at this celebration. Yes. And they it, weren't even looking for him. Right. <laughs> like they, right. Yeah. <laughs> like, not only did he not get the memo, they didn't send any memos. Lando's not on that list. He's like number 720 on Leia's list of people to call for help. <laughs> you know? Whereas you know, with, with a few minor tweaks, you know, if they had, you know, sent a message and it just been like, gosh, I really hope that Lando gets this message. If he does, he'll meet us there then that it would have made a whole lot more sense and yeah. been yeah. a little less out of left field. But like I said, that's the sort of thing that I have issues with, with Rise of Skywalker, not the overall Palpatine came back. I just think yeah. there were better ways to present it. Yeah, yeah. Now, do I believe that corporate Disney wants to have all of the main characters interact with each other? Absolutely they do, because this is like comic books, uh, at this point in time, you want to have Superman show up in your new Teen Titans book to get people who like Superman to take a look at Teen Titans. Um, mm -hmm. But stunt casting, if you will, is always a problem. Do I expect it to continue to happen in Star Wars? Of course I do. And next month at Star Wars Celebration, you will see Daisy Ridley on stage talking about how Rey is going to be in the next Star Wars live full full length feature film. I'm predicting it hardcore now. I feel it in my bones. There is going to be a new movie announced, and it's going to have Ray in it, and Daisy Ridley is going to be on stage, and BB-8 will probably roll out with her. Yeah, and I'm not putting money up against that. Because yeah. that and I'm happy that for it, because I, I like the sequel trilogy. My kids liked the sequel trilogy. That is their Star Wars, so they're going to be excited now that we are... Let's see. If it comes out in 2025, it'll be 10 years since we first met Ray and BB-8 in theaters. So that'll be a good time to return to things. Because if you think about it, um, The Phantom Menace was, well, no, I guess it was closer to 20, uh, 20 years since the first appearance. Um, but it was only about 16 years from the final appearance. Um, so, yeah. It's time, and yeah. I think this is the right era to return to. Um, we got to move forward. We can't keep asking Harrison Ford to make Star Wars movies in his right. 90s, you know. Yeah. So, but you know what? Speaking of uh, first Star Wars, your first Star Wars was the original trilogy, you know, as mm -hmm. it was. My first Star Wars was the original trilogy, but the special edition of it. Yep. That era of Star Wars is the setting for something that I would like to talk with you about today. And that is the Star Wars deck building game. Yes. 
Such a great product. We were thrilled to have game designer Caleb Grace from Fantasy Flight Games on a previous episode of the podcast. If y'all haven't listened to that one, please go back in the archives and check out our interview with him about the Star Wars deck building game. Um, the game is now in our grubby little hands, and we have played many a encounter between the Rebellion and the Dastardly in, uh, Intergalactic Empire. Uh, and so we uh, are here to report to you that the game is great, and it plays awesome. I even taught my beautiful bride how to play over the weekend, and she enjoyed it enough to play two games back to back. Um, although at the moment, Mita is convinced that the Empire is more powerful because an hour matches the Empire won both. Well, you know, in our matches, uh, the Empire did win twice as well, but we played four matches, and the Rebels mm -hmm. won twice, uh, and yep. each of us won twice. So a uh, great parity as far as our games were concerned. Yeah, um, very well balanced. Yes. Um, now, I did want to teach uh, my girlfriend, Andrea, this game, uh, but she said something about having to grade papers because she's a teacher and you know, has a job and all that and te teachers work like a hundred hours a week. They really do. Um, they're yeah. way underappreciated. So and way underpaid. Come on. Uh, absolutely. Um, so unfortunately I haven't gotten a chance to teach her the game, but uh, I will soon because I got it right over there <laughs> um, and I'm very yeah. excited to play more games. I have to say, um, one of my favorite things about getting the game physically in our hands was getting to look at all of the cards finally. And uh, I really enjoy the way that the rebels have a little minor discard theme going on to represent them disrupting and messing with the empire. Um, and I enjoyed seeing the way that a Star Destroyer acts as a just massive fortress of a capital starship. But I have to say, one of my favorite interactions in the game is that the lowly Jawa has been huge yes. in my ability to win games. I, absolutely. That that card so, is one of the best cards in the whole thing because he's a Jawa. He's a scavenger. What do scavengers do? They rummage through the trash. So the Jawa allows you to buy something that's in the galaxy's discard pile, which yep. is great because a big part of this game is knocking your opponent's stuff off of the galaxy row so that they can't buy it. Well, if they have a Jawa, they can buy it anyway. Yeah. Yep. That card is one of the best cards out there. Yeah. Jawa and the mercenary aligned Fang fighter starship mm -hmm. have been two of the most important cards in like all of my victories. Uh, anytime one player gets to utilize those two cards more so than the other player, it puts them in a very strong position to possibly win the game. Yeah, and I, I agree with you about the Rebels having a discard strategy. The uh, time that I was able to beat you as the Rebels, it was because I leaned very hard into that discard mm -hmm. strategy. Yeah. Um, and that just hinders the Empire from being able to do what they need to do, which is what Rebels do. <laughs> they yep. hinder the Empire. So, yeah, it, it's a great game. Uh, definitely go out, find a copy of it if you haven't already, and uh, give it a go. Um, highly recommend yeah. And uh, Caleb would not hint one way or the other to us about whether there'd be expansion sets, um, but the game is rife for expansion, mm -hmm. even Absolutely. just within the Galactic Civil War era, because uh, there's no Yoda in the game yet. Uh, there's no R2-D2 or C-3PO in the game yet. Or, or Palpatine. Um, or, or Emperor Palpatine. Who, who right. presumably, yeah. th there's a lot of cards that you can tell 
are kind of mirrored between you know, the Empire has their version and the Rebels have their version. Uh, Tarkin and Leia, for example, mm-hmm. are kind of mirrors yeah. of each other. I have to expect Palpatine and Yoda would be somewhat mirrored. They might do something slightly different, but um, <clears throat> yeah. yeah, but they they'd have the same themes. Yeah. Uh, but the Death Star is in the game, which is really cool, and yes. it's a very useful Imperial base. Um, I would also like to see a card that somehow mimics the attack run on the Death Star. At the moment, you can possibly set it up to destroy it with one X-Wing, um, but it takes a lot of doing, and it, it doesn't have to be Luke in the X-Wing. It's just right. a generic X-Wing will do. Of course, so, you know, of course pop, Luke always helps. <laughs> Yes, Luke does help. In the in this universe, Pops pulls off his or not Pops, uh, uh Dutch. Red Leader uh Red Leader Red pulls Leader? off his attack run. Yeah. Yeah. In his in a rando X Wing, you know. So yeah. Anyway, but yeah, it's a great game. You guys should go out there and play it and uh you know give all the kudos to Caleb Grace for his excellent design work. All right, well, um, I guess that about wraps it up for this episode, Nathan. Well, well, Derek may not be here, but we do have to talk about his favorite part of the show. You're right. We do. Excellent segue. So, so what t-shirt what are you wearing? Do you have on? I am wearing one of my favorites, uh, part of the Dave Filoni uh, mental verse. We have the Wolfpack shirt with a Loth Wolf on it. Uh, it is Dave Filoni's favorite animal is the wolf and that's why we have loth wolves that's why uh gregor is part of wolf squad in the clone wars uh so um love this shirt and i'm wearing it in part because it's a bad batch episode and yeah i know that gregor's not in here but but hey you know it's still clone troopers exactly Well, I am wearing a Star Wars Thrawn shirt with the Grand Admiral himself here and the little symbol for the Chiss Ascendancy, uh, mostly because this week we saw The Mandalorian Season 3, Episode 1, and the Pergil made their live-action yes. debut as uh, Mando and Grogu cruised through hyperspace. And as we all know, the last time we saw the big blue guy here, he was being ripped off into hyperspace by some space whales. So the Pergil are going to be a big thing in Star Wars this year. And I think that they are uh, setting them up in the live action so that when they show up in Ahsoka, as she goes and finds Grand Admiral Thrawn and Ezra Bridger, another where was that guy during the original trilogy type character, um, that it won't be quite so jarring to, to viewers who have either forgotten about Rebels or they never watched Rebels in the first place. So this <laughs> past week, we have the Pergil that herald the coming back of Grand Admiral Thrawn. And we have Mount Tantus showing up in the Bad Batch. Mm, yeah. yeah. There's definitely Man. some Thrawn <clears throat> trilogy vibes going on this oh, week. Timothy Timothy Zahn is at home just eating some popcorn and being all, <laughs> it's good to be me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Good times. Good times. All right. Well, if you guys want to get your own cool What a Piece of Junk t-shirt or mouse pad or coffee mug or any other merchandise related to the fandom podcast network please check out our store over at tpublic.com and search up user fandom podcast network and speaking of the fpn you can find the fpn master feed over at fpnet.podbean.com or look for fpnet on the podbean app you can also find the fpn on apple Podcasts, stitcher 
Podbean, Spotify, Google Play, and we are, of course, now part of the world-famous iHeartRadio Network. On Facebook, you can find us, What a Piece of Junk, a Star Wars podcast, which is a fan group that Derek runs for us. Send me an email between shows and let me know what you think. Write to whatapieceofjunkpod at gmail.com. Or on Twitter, we are at What Wars. But to be honest, folks, I don't do a lot of Twitter much these days because it's a total dumpster fire since Elon's been in charge. But on Instagram, you can find us at the Fandom Podcast Network. Nathan, let folks know about those Apple Podcast reviews. Well, we would love to get Apple Podcast reviews from you. And not just Apple, but anywhere that you listen to us. Reviews help other people find us. And they also help us know what we're doing well, what we could be doing better, and what you want to hear. Also, uh, don't take it from me, but I heard the village that got attacked by the Zillow Beast didn't leave us any podcast reviews. So, yeah, just saying, you might want to leave one. Zillow Beast could be coming to pay you a visit, and you do not want that. <clears throat> well, anyway, whatever you guys want us to do differently or change or what you love about the show, please hit us up on social media to let us know. And always remember to please respect each other and always respect each other's fandom. All right, Nathan, watch it. Mm -hmm.